1: is a choice this is battleground america
0: here's tara servatius
1: welcome to this edition of insane things we've never seen before insane thing number one that we've never seen before the raid of the house for the president of the united states of america by the fbi using a legal standard we've never seen before I could do a whole Insane Things podcast on that legal standard, but I'll resist because there's something even more insane. And it's the very thing no one is talking about. Yet it's the most insane part of all of this. Who it was that raided his home. If you focus on this aspect of it, everything begins to make sense. Back when I was in North Carolina working as a reporter, there were two crooked cops. And what they were doing was burying and hiding the crimes of one particular drug dealer using him as as a sort of informant keeping him in place so that they could get the others who they then trumped up fraudulent evidence against it was a fascinating case and as soon as this was discovered before any charges were even leveled the guys were taken off the street and put on desk duty eventually they'd be convicted and sent to to prison but before any of that happened Every single case the two had ever been involved in, from speeding tickets to murders, where they were merely present as part of the investigatory's crew on scene, they might not have even been leading the investigation, every one of those convictions was thrown out, hundreds of them. That's how serious this was. They eventually went to prison. But from the moment it was discovered what they had done before, charges were ever even filed against them, they were done. Badges turned in, desk duty, and eventually Fired. Keep that in mind. That is how a normal functioning city in America, a normal functioning police department and justice system works. But our system in D.C. is broken. Imagine, instead of being put on desk duty and eventually fired, if those uh, corrupt officers were allowed to just go about their jobs, were allowed to raid the home of the drug dealer, who it turns out had quite a bit of evidence against them. What if they were allowed to just walk through the front door, take that evidence, and walk off with it? even while they themselves were under criminal federal investigation. Well, that's what happened at Mar-a-Lago. It is truly unprecedented in U.S. history, and it's mind-boggling. The only thing we're talking about right now about that raid is who did it. Who specifically within the FBI did it? That would be the counterterrorism division. In other words, the same people currently under criminal investigation by special counsel John Durham, who actually has a grand jury impaneled. Durham is criminally investigating the Bureau's abuses of power in the years long Russiagate probe of. Trump, if you want a really good summary of this, one of the best investigative reporters in the country, uh, aside from John Solomon, is Paul Sperry. He writes for the New York Post and Real Clear Investigations. Read this article, FBI unit leading Mar-a-Lago probe earlier ran discredited Trump Russia. See, these guys aren't just under investigation criminally by special counsel John Durham. They're also under internal investigation still inside the FBI for tampering with evidence and submitting fake fraudulent evidence to the FISA court. So what did highly corrupt FBI director Christopher Wray do? Well, unlike the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, they weren't just put on desk duty or fired or kept as far away from the criminal justice process as possible, which is what happens in a sane city or a sane country. No, no, no. Christopher Wray just said, well, if they defrauded the court in a FISA application, so I just won't let them work on FISA applications anymore. I think I'll move them over here and let them raid Trump's home. The conflict of interest is so utterly massive, so completely unfathomable. It is unbuffering leaveable they were able to find a judge that would approve this they did he's not even a judge he's a magistrate he's got epstein toys and he's a big democrat donor they really had to scour the country for him because man there's a lot he had to overlook so not only is there a conflict of interest in that trump is the victim of their crimes and they desperately need to discredit him but there's something else going on never forget this If you've been listening to me for a long time, you remember me exhaustively freaking out for about two years, begging, pleading, gnashing my teeth on the air for Trump to declassify two sets of documents, the Hillary Clinton Email Investigation and Crossfire Hurricane, which is what turned out to be the Russia collusion hoax. That's the official name for it within the FBI. And for the longest time, I thought surely he's going to do it before the 2020 election, right, for maximum effect. To do that, you'd have to start a good six months before the election because, um, you know, you need to go through the redaction process. I mean, a president can outright declassify if he wants, but it's always been customary to go through the redaction process with what now are criminals in the DOJ and the FBI. So remember what Trump did here, okay? He said, yeah, let Bill Barr handle the declassification. Remember that thug? Yeah. And Bill Barr said, yes, I'll totally declassify um, in the spring. Well, the spring rolled around and he didn't declassify. And then the summer rolled around and he still didn't declassify. And I began to panic, to beg, to plead, Please, for the love of God, dump the documents in the White House front lawn. I don't care. You have to protect us from these thugs. What if Trump loses the election? Election day rolls around and you know what happened. So then I thought, surely he declassified nothing to lose. After all, he was a lame duck finishing out the last few months of his presidency. But he did it. We never saw the evidence. We have to wait with bated breath for whatever John Durham decides to show us and hope he's not as crooked as the rest of them. Okay, so now where are we? Well, we're to Trump's final day in office. And I'm in a hot, frothing panic. I'm practically screaming. Where is it? For the love of God, declassify. Do not leave us to be ruled by these thugs. And on the very last day, bizarrely, of the Trump administration. And I had begun to think there must be something in there that looked bad for Trump, right? That 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 had to be the only reason he wouldn't declassify. I me mean, it was so bizarre. And so we're to the last day, and all of a sudden, Trump's like, okay, declassify. Out of nowhere. And he signs an executive order declassifying all of it, right? And guess what? Leaving it in the hands of Joe Biden to get it done. And Joe Biden's DOJ and FBI, single stupidest thing Trump ever did. I, I mean, maybe there's some explanation, but, like, I can't fathom what it would be. All right, so he declassifies it, and the executive order says it's got to be put in the congressional record. Well, 19 months passes, and guess what? It's not declassified. It's not redacted. It's nowhere. So they have begun to sue. They've been suing, you know, for a long time. It's public record now, but they can't get it. And so um, the speculation is we'll never get it. Um, The the FBI and DOJ simply are taking the stand that FOIA law just doesn't apply to them. They're lawless anyway. They don't care, right? So who do you think has those documents? I pray to God, Trump had the brain cells left to take them out of there and to have multiple copies with multiple people. But they're classified. So if he gave them to anybody else, that's a crime. See the problem there? The bottom line is these FBI agents have such a massive conflict of interest because this is the very cell within the FBI that has the most to lose from those documents ever seeing the light of day. So what do you do? Well, you do what they did with the Russia collusion hooks. You muddy the water, you leak, you confuse. And that is why the biggest part of this story is who these agents are. And it horrifying. Remember former head of Crossfire Hurricane Peter Struck who was fired after his anti-Trump texts to his FBI lawyer lover were disclosed? Remember what they said? Lisa Page, the FBI special counsel wrote, "He's not ever going to become president," right? Question mark. Right? Question mark. Explanation point. And Peter Struck said, "No, no, no, we won't. We'll stop it." This is who they are. He got fired for that. But guess what? His whole crew that did Crossfire Hurricane, they were left in place. And guess what they're doing now? Yup, they're on the Mar-a-Lago team, working in the Counterintelligence Unit. Even though they are under active criminal investigation by Durham and investigation by the Bureau's disciplinary office, the Office of Professional Responsibility. And so far, the FBI has declined to respond to questions about any role they might be playing in the mar a lago case. Of course, they're on an evidence-fishing expedition. So, who else, incredibly, is running this circus? Well, Jay Bratt, the top counterintelligence official at the DOJ's National Security Division, who also happens to be a Democrat National Committee donor. He's never donated to the Republicans. Of course not. Brat was the counterintelligence official who went to Mar-a-Lago in June and had that conversation with Trump about the 15 boxes and assured him everything was fine. Well, the search warrant, which we've been led to believe, is just just about the 15 boxes and maybe some nuclear stuff in the boxes. No, 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 says former assistant FBI director Chris Swecker. The warrant actually authorizes a wide-ranging broad search and a huge broad investigation of the former president's residence. It's way more sweeping than what has been reported, Swecker said this week. Brat is running this events investigation alongside a guy by the name of David Loffman. And he is an Obama donor. But in addition to that, you know what he did before? Oversaw saw the Gate probe, you know the one. He signed off on the fine of FISA warrants. You know, those that perjured, committed perjury before the court at a felony level, the ones the court censured the FBI for those who better than to manage the raid of Trump's home. Right. Oh, and you know what else he handled the Clinton email case, which also involved classified information that gosh darn Trump never declassified, but could. And he knows what's in it. Maybe even has it. Maybe even has it at Mar-a-Lago. Remember Lofman is the one who signed off on wiretapping the Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, which Christopher Ray, the FBI director, would later admit under
0: oath was still illegal and broke the law. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We
1: didn't need him to admit that. The Department of Justice Inspector General also determined it was conducted under false pretenses, i.e., they committed fraud, submitted fraudulent, altered documents to the FISA court to get the ability to spy on Carter Page because it was, remember, it was a three-jump warrant. So it, so it was whoever Carter Page knew and whoever they knew, like for their whole lives. So that meant they could surveil the entire Trump campaign, the whole Trump family, and a lot of the Republican Party. That's why they wanted it. Again, it's incredible that this guy is still employed by the federal government and is not in prison. It's incredible that given his massive conflicts of interest, he's even involved in this case at all, and that a judge would let any of this happen. Well, he's a magistrate, a Democrat donor, so there you go with Epstein connections, but whatever. Um, but listen to this. Loffman is not only involved and not fired and not in a prison cell. No, no, no. You know where we saw him last? On CNN. Sounded very official. He's got a very high title. Where he was claiming the documents seized from Trump's storage were, quote, particularly stunning, not particularly egregious, um, and that their discovery completely validates the government's investigation into the former president. This is a guy who, in a sane society, would be in prison right now, and he's raiding the guy that may have the evidence to put him there. And everybody's acting like this is normal, including Fox News. Lofman, who himself is a criminal, concluded on CNN, quote, Whether this investigation transforms into an outright criminal prosecution remains to be seen. Oh, I'm sure it will. So what's going on here? Ever heard of Kash Patel? He's a former federal prosecutor with the DOJ, formerly, and a Trump administration official. And he believes the FBI might have a personal interest in potential conflict, obviously, in seizing the records stored by Trump. Here's what he says. Trump first authorized the declassification process in october of 2020 when none of it happened because the thugs dragged their feet he would ultimately declassify on his last day in office but the whole thing began belatedly in october 2020 god knows why biggest mistake trump made although there were so many uh, when it came to handling these thugs um but anyway patel noted in uh that uh, that trump in october 2020 began the declassification process by authorizing it um the investigative records generated by the fbi's crossfire hurricane, as well as the Clinton email investigation, codenamed mid-year exam. And Patel says the FBI may have confiscated some of those records in the raid um, and ensured they might be made public. Now, how would Patel know that? Because Patel has all the security clearances that uh, in order to be, and he is, Trump's liaison to the National Archives. In other words, he knows what's in those boxes. He was in charge of it. And he's saying, listen, all of that is in there. All of those documents. He tells Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations, quote, tragically, the same FBI characters that were involved in Russiagate are the same counterintel guys running this national security investigation into Trump. And he says, it's just insane. Yep. Insane thing number two. The passage of the Inflation Resumption Act. Nope, never seen this before. The raising of taxes in a recession with an inflation rate over 5%. It's never been done till now. But the thing everybody's missed is why. Since Joe Biden's been in office, he's passed an extra $4 trillion worth of spending. That's four and a half TARP packages. If you're keeping track, remember when the Tea Party started over TARP? Almost $800 billion worth of spending it was the biggest amount of spending Congress had ever done in one fell swoop. And outrage ensued. The IRS had to crack down on the Tea Party to stop it. But now it's the norm to just print and print and print and print. And so the Democrats have come to believe that the new norm is they get to print a trillion dollars every other quarter. So what's the math on that? Well, the federal budget runs between 4 and $5 trillion. We print a little more than half of it so that's $2 trillion, um, plus another $2 trillion that it's now an entitlement for the Democrats to print, that's $4 trillion, plus the $2 trillion that actually comes to the Treasury for the half of the budget we pay for, that's $6 trillion. How big again is the entire economy? Yeah, between $20 and $21 trillion. See how the math doesn't add up there? That's why everything costs so much money in the store. If we're going to print a trillion dollars, Every other quarter, on average, we're going to have really high inflation rates. Prices will keep going up pretty much forever at an 8 nine, ten 9%, 10% clip. And Americans will get poorer and poorer and poorer. But the Democrats don't care. Again, remember, this is an entitlement now. So what was the purpose of this bill then? If they could just, you know, print another trillion dollars, why bother with tax increases? And why bother with historic Tax increases. Let me tell you about the tax increases because they really didn't get enough attention. Ninety-seven point two percent of those earning between a hundred and two hundred thousand would see a tax increase. Okay, that's for a household. A hundred thousand—that's a cop and a teacher. Ninety-one percent of those earning between seventy-five thousand and a hundred thousand would see a tax increase. Again, that's a cop and a teacher. Sixty-one percent of those earning between forty and fifty thousand dollars. Per household would see a tax increase. Uh, that's like maybe a teacher and an orderly or a waitress. Twenty-four percent of those earning between ten and twenty thousand would see a tax increase. That's a poor single mom living in a shack. Why would they do this? I mean, a lot of these people are going to be shocked. A lot of them are Democrats who haven't paid taxes since before Bill Clinton was in office. So why would they do this? And this is the thing no one talked about this week. Why they would do this. The Federal Reserve explained it in their meeting minute report this week. The only way to bring down inflation is to further raise rates. Further raise rates, families get poor. When families get poor, they don't spend as much. And the only way to bring down inflation is to get families to stop spending as much, i.e. make them poor. That was the purpose of the taxes. Like I said, they could have just printed the money. I mean, they've printed the last $3 trillion. Why would you want to make families poor? To lower the rate of inflation. Why? Well, so you can go on another run of the printing press for all your donors who now expect a trillion dollars in giveaways every other quarter. It says it right there in the Federal Reserve minutes that to bring down inflation, which by the way, they contradicted Kamala and Joe. Remember Kamala and Joe earlier in the week said, no inflation. Not only did they say inflation, they said they don't see an end to it. So the only way to stop it, again, is to stop households from spending. How do you do that? You raise taxes into a recession. You break the back of the middle and lower middle class so that you can go on one more printing run. So you can hold inflation to an already outrageous 8 to 10%. That's why. They can only continue to print by making you poor, i.e. they've got to stop the rate of your spending so they can spend, they can binge. This is why I say we're in end-stage addiction to the money tree. Think about how evil it would make people if they had a money tree. They'd kill for it. They'd destroy for it. They would, you know they would, to have a tree that produced money. Well, Congress has one, and that is what is happening. It is literally the root of all evil and that's what you're seeing you were seeing democrats raise taxes on those least able to afford it into a recession with a record high inflationary rate because remember the real inflation rate as i've told you many times is really uh, between 15 and 17 percent the highest it's ever been why because if we calculated it using the exact same formula that the federal government used in the 70s it'd be at 17 Folks, inflation capped out at 15 in the 70s. We'd be at 17 right now. The level of desperation is unprecedented. That's why you had this week both Jamie Dimon, the Democrat fundraiser for Hillary Clinton, Biden supporting CEO of JPMorgan Chase, and what he had expected to be a private phone call with an exclusive phone call with his wealthiest investors forecast. Oh, hey, <laughs> Yeah, there's a um, 40 to 60% chance we're either going to have a severe recession or a depression. Have you heard anybody forecast a depression in our lifetimes? That's how bad it is. And the Democrats are completely unmoved. They don't care. They just raise taxes on the back of that so they can take one more good run on the printing press. Again, this is end-stage addiction. If Congress was a drug addict, they'd be in that phase where they're laying on the cardboard on the floor of the drug house, in pants they've soiled over and over again, having stopped eating and hoping just to get one or two more hits in before they die and never expecting to leave that drug house again. It's called end-stage drug addiction. That's where we are as a country and no one knows it. So the tax hikes were merely cover, meant to impo- further impoverish the middle, lower middle, and yes, the poor to stop the spending, to keep and hold that inflationary rate in the 8 to 10% range. This amount of printing concedes we're going to stay there. The Federal Reserve in their meeting minutes this week told us we're going to stay there. They're only doing this, the raising of rates to hurt the economy on purpose to hope to contain it in that level, at that level. That is how end stage we are right now. It's a disaster. We've never seen this before. And when you look at the 87,000 IRS agents, what are they for? You can't get blood from a turnip. They're for political persecution, yes. But you're going to have to knock over every single mom who does nails in her living room for a living to begin to hurt the economy deliberately enough to contain that inflationary rate if you hope to keep printing like this. That is what is going on. Understand all of this is deliberate. It's on purpose so that they can continue to print and they don't care if they ruin the currency because they would like to go to digital currency because they could reprogram it that's why biden did the executive order authorizing a study of it back in march they don't care if the dollar collapses they can bring in pre-programmable digital currency and they they will control you absolutely with an iron fist on the day it rolls out and replaces the dollar so there's no downside for them oh and to keep all this up they'll need to keep raising taxes if they want to keep spending this way, printing a trillion dollars every other quarter. And looky here, right on time, right at the beginning of the week, what headline did you get? I was surprised this didn't get more attention. It's in Fox News. Democrat promises more taxes if the party stays in power. Who said it? Representative Richard Neal. He said Democrats will be looking to raise corporate and individual tax rates next year. Now, that's baffling because we have a record level of revenue coming into the Treasury. We, we did from the Trump tax cuts. And this is how it works. When you raise taxes, less revenue comes into the Treasury. When you lower taxes, more revenue comes in because you've got more economic activity. So why would you want to continue to raise taxes? Because you want to shrink the size of the economy. You want to impoverish Americans, again, as the Federal Reserve explained this week, so they spend less and you can hold that inflation rate down to give you another run on the printing press. And that's exactly what they just did. And what they'll do again if the public elects them, or they just select themselves through voter fraud, is fall. Battleground America with Terra Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.